title of our message this morning is um, Christ the True Light, Christ the Light of the World. And uh, we're going to actually talk about why we know that is true, uh, that Christ is the light of the world and what it means to us. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And uh, we're going to see what it really means uh, to have Jesus Christ as our light. That song, there's been a lot of songs written about Christ being the light. I'm going to tell you what really inspired me to get back to John chapter 1, that passage which John read for us this morning. And that's the fact that Jesus is described by John the Baptist as the one who came into the world as the light. Now, we don't often think of this. It's a sunshiny day Day today. There's a lot of light. And by the way, there's certain places in our country, uh, sometimes up in the northeast and sometimes way up on the west coast, where it's dark. Uh, there's a lot of clouds. Um, I had somebody say, I could never live in like uh, the country of uh, England. They said, I could never live in England because it's so dark there all the time. And there are places. Now, the Bible talks about two kinds of darkness. One is spiritual darkness. And the other is physical darkness. And I'm going to tell you what encouraged me just to look at the things that we'll look at for a few minutes this morning. And that's this article in the Decision Magazine, Billy Graham. Franklin Graham's now the um, uh, director of uh, Billy Graham Ministries. It's called This Growing Darkness. And it reminds us, and and I'm not going to uh, end on a negative note, but I do want us to remember the fact that Our world is not getting better and better. It's getting worse and worse. And that's not being pessimistic. Uh, It's being realistic. And I'll tell you what these things are, as are mentioned by Franklin Graham in this article, uh, This Growing Darkness. Uh, In the midst of the growing darkness, of course, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies in our fellowship had a study uh, entitled Finding I Am by uh, Lisa Turkhurst. And um, she dealt with the seven I Am's in the Gospel of John. And they're beautiful because Jesus is telling who he really is. And, of course, one of them is when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And uh, she talks about light being very necessary for life. And uh, it it is absolutely necessary. In fact, uh, I liked how she listed these characteristics of light. It dispels darkness, revealing things that may be hidden. It illuminates what is beautiful. It gives warmth. It causes growth. It literally sustains life. We, We couldn't have life on this planet without the sun. Absolutely essential. Light is vitally important. And that's why um, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So when we hear that, when people hear that, they're supposed to come to the conclusion, wait a minute, we need Jesus Christ, right? He said, I am the water of life. I, I am the one who gives water. Well, we have to have water to survive. And we have to have Jesus Christ to survive spiritually. Uh, he is living water. And so that's why he used those terms. And I thought it was interesting, pardon me, in that passage which was read for us in verse 5, it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. 
The darkness did not distinguish it. Now, again, uh, we want to stay encouraged as we belong to the Lord, as we have come to Jesus as the light of the world, recognizing the fact that the Lord said, in fact, through the Apostle Paul, in the last days perilous times shall come, and men shall be lovers of themselves, they'll seek pleasure rather than seek God, and all these things will happen in our world. Not to become discouraged, but to be realistic and uh, recognize the fact that there is, and I'm going to hold the magazine up again, there is growing darkness. There is growing darkness in our world. What is the growing darkness? Well, this is what he mentions. Recently, uh, in our country, we've heard blasted over the news and even in the newspaper uh, of the accusations of sexual harassment. TV hosts, congressmen, Hollywood elites, journalists, businessmen have all confessed to very grievous acts of sexual harassment. Online photography, it's an all-time high. That's why we have to watch our children and encourage our children because they can get on their phones. Pornography. Homosexual and transgender characters are now a common sight on television, even on programs for smaller children. Is the world getting darker? Yes, it is. Atheists are hell-bent on eradicating any mention of God in town hall meetings, in schools, in sporting events. You know, one thing I liked about Texas when I moved here was the fact that at the sporting events, even here in Louisville, they would have one of the students come before a football game and pray for the game, pray for the play. What in the world is wrong with that? I think it's awesome. I mean, we couldn't do it up in the Northeast, you know, not New Jersey especially. But anyway, um, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's encouraging youth to have a relationship with their God. It's causing them to pause and recognize he is worthy uh, to request uh, help and strength and blessing. Atheists, bel- uh, hen- uh, hell-bent on eradicating any mention of God in town halls and schools and sporting events. Drug addiction, even with the new opiate painkillers, all-time high. Mass shootings in churches and schools and large events. And his point is, spiritual darkness is permeating our society. But Jesus said, of course, in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let's stop a minute. I realize we're repeating something. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. The apostle, uh, pardon me, John the Baptist, referring to Jesus, said he's the true light. And, of course, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, don't miss this now, he's claiming to be God. He's claiming to be God the Son. Only God can be considered to be the one who is the light of the world. Old Testament, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is absolutely vital in the strength that I have in my life, in the understanding uh, that I have regarding life. See, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Who really understands what life is all about? A Christian. We realize we're here by his design. We realize we're here because he, he, he brought us here. We are ultimately created by him. 
He desires to have fellowship with us. Man was made for fellowship with God. And you and I as believers, see, we, we have the light of life. We, understanding, we understand what life is all about. I think it's interesting when you look at, and there's verses scattered all through the Bible with regards to light. But um, in Psalm 18:28, the psalmist said, Lord, you will light my lamp. You will keep my lamp burning. The Lord my God will lighten up my darkness. I want you to remember that. And we're going to close with that, by the way. The point is, when there are areas in our lives that we don't actually know what to do or what's going on, you see, when we invite Christ in, He lightens our darkness. Things that we don't really understand what we need to do. Uh, you, you have somebody come to see you and they say, Hey, what's going on? You know, what they, 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 they're saying, what's happening? What, what's going on? Well, sometimes in our lives and our experience, there are trials and there's some darkness, and we don't always know what's going on. And so we go to the Lord and we say, Lord, you are light. Uh, you are light and darkness. And I want you to enable me to see the things you want me to see so that I, in turn, as we studied two weeks ago, last two weeks, we can be doing the will of God. Show me, Lord, what you want me to see. Psalm 18:28. lighten my life. Someone put it this way. Uh, when Jesus Christ comes into the light, life, rather, he brings the light of salvation uh, into a darkened world. And uh, they put it this way, and I, I liked it. I jotted it down. To the darkness of falsehood and lies... Jesus Christ is the light of truth. To the darkness of ignorance, he is wisdom. To the darkness of sin, he is the light of holiness. To the darkness of sorrow, he is the light of joy. To the darkness of death, he is the light of life. And how well we know this to be true. Uh, we as believers, and I'm, I'm bringing this in because it's very important. And it's related to Christ being the light. He shines light even on the fact that there, yes, death will come in the human family. If the Lord doesn't come back again, we will experience death. But does God want us to be afraid of this? No. Jesus Christ is the light. Jesus said, don't miss it, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, or she who believes in me, oh, even though he may die, yet shall he live. So you and I know as believers, the instant we die, we're in the presence of the Lord. And we have, you see, the light of Christ, the light of life, to understand that, yes, when the time of death comes, we're actually not going to die. In the physical sense, we die. But the real you, as a Christian who knows Christ, goes into the presence of the Lord. That's why we say Jesus Christ is the light of life. He shines in on the areas that we, multitudes of people, have as darkness. Now, this was mentioned already in John's prayer this morning. Uh, when uh, we trust Christ as Savior, the one who is the light, it's interesting that we get to the place where we understand we can reflect His light. Okay? Uh, John 5.14, Jesus said to the disciples, you are the light of the world. In fact, the apostle Paul said in Ephesians 5.8, you were once in darkness, but now walk as children of light. It's very interesting uh, that God has uh, taken you and me as believers, and sometimes don't we say, 
why me? <laughs> why is it me? Why do I know Jesus and other people don't? Well, that's good to ask that question, but thank the Lord that you do. You are now light. <clears throat> In fact, God wants to use you and your life. And I couldn't help but think of 2 Corinthians 2. If you want to turn there, if you have a Bible or a phone, has the Bible on it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. I want you to see this because, you see, Jesus said, Now that you have come to me as the light and you understand what life is about and you understand you're made for a relationship with God, wow, now 2 Corinthians 2, 14, watch this. This is an encouragement to you as a believer. Now, thanks be to God, 2.14, 2 Corinthians, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. There again, here we go. Where do we get the victory? Where do we get the triumph in Christ? And through us, through you, diffuses the fragrance of knowledge of him in every place. See, you've come to the light, and now you are light to others who do not know Christ. For we are to God, verse 15, the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, they're lost. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death. To others the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? What the apostle is saying here is this. Since you have received Jesus as your Savior, now you are a fragrance presented by Christ the God. You are a fragrance to people around you. In fact, if people know of your life and testimony and they know you're a Christian, uh, they don't say this verbally, but they may be saying, I know that person's saved. They're not afraid of dying. They're saved. You are the a fragrance of life unto life. Um, you know the Lord. You have life. And the Holy Spirit sometimes will bring the sensitivity to who you are in the context of people that you are around. And uh, especially if you verbalize that my faith and trust is in Jesus Christ, not the church, not the church, not baptism. I'm saved because my faith is in Jesus. You are the fragrance, the odor uh, of life unto life. But to those who are not saved, and I had someone not too long ago who said, um, and I had to answer honestly, and he said, what you're saying is because I don't know Jesus, I'm not going to heaven. And I said, my friend, and I'm, I'm still praying for him, I said, my friend, that's right. Jesus said, uh, he who has the Son, him, has life. And he who does not have the Son of God doesn't have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. So people without Christ, and then he went on to say, and this is tough, one of the most difficult subjects in the Word of God, what you're saying is I'm going to land up in hell. And I said, well, that's what the Word of God says. I didn't tell him, oh, I'm saying you're going there. Said, the Word of God says if we do not know Jesus, we face eternal condemnation. That's very difficult. So you see, there are those that you are around, and God allows you to become in the presence of people you know, perhaps relatives, perhaps neighbors, perhaps people you work with, and they don't know Christ. So you're the fragrance of life unto life. But to people who know that you're going to heaven and you've made it clear, and it's because of Jesus, not because of you, 
you're the fragrance of death unto death because you've come to Christ as the light of the world. Very interesting. Now, I want to go to another passage I love dearly. And uh, if you will turn to me to an Old Testament passage, Isaiah chapter 9. Way back in the Old Testament, you have this passage that looks forward 700 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem and came to this earth. I love this passage. Okay, uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 9, verses, uh, actually verses 2 and 3. Now this is a prophecy of Jesus coming as the light, okay? And it's going to tell where he goes. All right, the last phrase in 9.1 says, In Galilee of the Gentiles. Okay, you have Judea with Jerusalem. We have Samaria. And then Galilee is north of Samaria. And it's quite a distance away from the city of Jerusalem. But up in the area of Galilee, around the Sea of Galilee, is where Jesus performed many of his miracles and had much of his ministry, especially in the town of Capernaum. All right, now watch this. And the verse 1, Isaiah 9. In Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And then the Lord goes on and he says, You have multiplied the nation. You increased its joy. They rejoice before you, meaning future looking to Christ, according to the joy of harvest. I'll stop there. So here you have this prophecy 700 years before Christ came. And how did it reveal Jesus? When he comes, he's going to be the light. The light that shines in darkness. Now how did we start this morning? We started by mentioning the fact there's growing darkness in our country. The only solution to the growing darkness is light. Jesus Christ reminding people, you really need to know Jesus. And when you know Jesus, he does things for you. He forgives you of your sin. He promises to meet the needs of your life. He promises to take you to heaven. You need the light. You need to come to the light as they played in the music this morning. Historically, Isaiah 9-2 was fulfilled in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ when he went up into the area of Galilee. And they didn't have all the Old Testament scriptures like those people did down in Judea. This is I'm generalizing here, but this is fact. Um, the, the, the Gentiles up around the Sea of Galilee, they didn't have all the truth that was given to the people of Israel. So therefore, it was the land of darkness. There was spiritual darkness. And how awesome for people today uh, to take the message of life. Uh, Jake's going down to uh, Belize. Um, we have many people going to other countries sharing the life of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going into places that are spiritually very dark. I talked to a man who came here to speak to our Awana kids one night it's several years ago. And he is from uh, North Korea. But he went down into South Korea. He came to know Christ as his Savior. Came over here to the States got training in the word of God and I said well what are you going to do now and he says I'm going back to North Korea and he says it's a very dark place he says it's even a dark place physically if you fly over he said if you fly over South Korea it's a blessed and prosperous country why because they have Jesus Christ if you fly over North Korea he said there's hardly any lights they don't, they don't have the cities with lights. Darkness. Because there's spiritual darkness. 
in North Korea, and it's one of the city, one of the uh, co- pardon me, countries that's on the list of the list of the top 50 countries that persecute Christians. There's darkness when you have a country that forbids people from bringing in their Bibles, which forbids people from worshiping the Lord. That's spiritual darkness. And uh, he said, I'm going back. And uh, I, I, I don't have his name right now. He, he certainly needs prayer that he's going to slip back into North uh, Korea and uh, give the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, Christ came into the darkness to give light. Historically, he went into the area of Galilee of the Gentiles. And uh, again, I, I mentioned the fact that we're going to have personal application from this. Christ comes to bring light in darkness. And there are times in our lives and experience when we're facing some kind of darkness, some kind of need. Uh, sometimes people get to the place where they're, they're weary and they're tired and they, they don't know what to do about certain situations. Uh, the depression can set in. And you know, that's darkness. But Jesus Christ wants to come in and bring light. And pull us out of those things. And cause us to see that we're here by His design. And we're the fragrance of life unto life uh, to those uh, who know Christ. Um, uh, uh, It's stated here concerning Jesus. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. Even in that prophecy, 700 years before Christ, increased the joy. Some of you remember George Beverly Shea that used to sing for the Billy Graham meetings. Uh, he, he had an awesome voice. He used to sing a hymn called Then Jesus Came. Remember it? He said, uh, he, he'd sing this. He'd say, uh, when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills the heart with glory. All is changed when Jesus comes to stay in your life and experience. How awesome. How awesome. John 1, 4, and 5. I want to end on this. John 1, 4, and 5 is the the two statements in John chapter 1, which is concerning, focuses on the person of Christ. It says this, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Uh, the darkness in our world, uh, the evil in our world is trying to put out the light, but it can never do it. In Jesus Christ is light, L-I-F-E, two kinds of light, physical life and eternal life. When you come to Christ, he gives you eternal life. And then when that time of physical death comes, you're still living. You go to be with the Lord. In him was life. And that life, 4B of John 1, was the light of men. Jesus Christ came in to show us God's truth, to tell us God's truth, to expose man's sin. And everywhere that Jesus went, he brought light. He's the light of the world. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. And what does that light mean? It refers to uh, spiritual understanding. It refers to moral insight. Uh, it, it, it refers to the understanding that God wants us to have. He is the true light, John 1, 9, that lights every man coming into the world. Now, a lot of people say, well, wait a minute. There are people in other places of the world who don't know Jesus. 
That's true. However, there's always enough light that God has put in the heart of people for them to know that they need God. There's always, always enough light that people can understand that they need God. And when Christ comes into the life, he exposes what sin is, and he exposes how that sin can be taken care of. Uh, so interesting. Darkness. Darkness. Well, the, the text of Scripture is clear. Light has come into the world, John 3.19. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. By the way, there are a lot of people who would choose rather to go on living their lives as they are living them without God than coming to Jesus and saying, wow, I can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that's loving darkness rather than loving light. Uh, very interesting. Lastly, First um, John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Walking in the light means what? It means walking in conscious in the conscious presence of the Lord. In other words, when we leave here and we get in our cars, there may be other people in the car with you, but you're very conscious that you're in the presence of the Lord. And you can be talking to the Lord, right, when you're driving away. You can speak to Him. If we walk in the light, that means the conscious presence of the Lord and a understanding of the word of God. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now, are we going to be perfect? No. Are we going to sin sometimes? Yes. Why? Because, well, the text says very clearly, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from sin. So we're not saying that after we come to Jesus Christ, and he's the light, and he shines in our lives, we're going to do everything perfect. No, we not. we're not. We're not going to do that. But we strive to do everything to please Him. And if we do falter, if we do things displeasing to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. So we want to stay close to the Lord. We want to walk in the light. Now, in closing, Jesus Christ, again, is the only one who can illuminate the dark places in our lives. You say, yeah, there's some areas. I, I don't understand. There's some things about the future I'm not sure about. There's some things that are happening in my life today. I'm not sure about. Christ wants to shine the light. You say, how do you know? Because he's the light of the world. He came to produce light. He came to give us understanding. Uh, he came to give us spiritual healing. In fact, he healed physically to show that he can heal spiritually. And in John chapter 9, you have the account of the healing of the blind man, man who was blind from birth. And Jesus um, said to the man, he said... Um, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man went and he washed and he came back seeing. Here's a man that was born blind from birth. And Jesus said he put clay on his eyes, one of the miracles in the Gospels. And he said, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he came back and he could see just like we can see. He could see clearly. But he was blind from birth. Now there's one little thing you don't want to miss in there. And this is helpful in, in getting the understanding and the light we need. The man had to obey the Lord in an area in order to get the light that he needed for the things, uh, for, for spiritual, for physical life, the light that he needed. Okay? 
So likewise, we as well, there may be something that we need to do in order to have Christ's light light in some areas that we don't understand about. And you say, well, what would you be talking about then? I would be talking about things like that the Lord may want us to do. He wants to shed light. He wants to guide us. He wants to do uh, His will in our lives. What is it? What are some of the things we might want to do? What steps of obedience? Number one, is there somebody we need to forgive? See, I'm asking God to do something in my life, something new this year. Do I need to forgive somebody? I mean, really forgive? Someone who purposefully did something wrong? God wants us to be forgiving people. Is there any need for me to encourage someone? Is there someone I know who really needs encouragement, but I haven't really been praying that much about encouraging somebody who really needs encouragement? The Lord lays people in your heart. Is there any sin in my life that the Lord wants me to give up? Is there something that really shouldn't be there? And if I give that up, you see, the light of Christ is going to shine on my need and my experience. Is there any failure that I need to correct? You see, Jesus said to the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and he washed and he came back healed and seeing. So again, we need to keep that in mind. And lastly, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But then he turned and said to the disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. Uh, we as believers are lights in this dark world. And you can, you can count on it. Today, probably, you may talk to somebody on the phone. You may see somebody, people around who have never seen the beauty of Jesus Christ. And they do not understand that Christ is the way to heaven. He is the light of the world. But you, you see, you're a light. You reflect the light of Jesus Christ in your life. So the, the, there's two applications from Christ being the light. Number one, he wants to shine into areas of darkness in our lives. He wants to help us. He wants to enable us. The psalmist prayed, Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see wondrous things from your law. The entrance of your word gives me light. Stay in the word of God. I'll tell you what, a Christian who once walked with the Lord but closes their Bible and doesn't read their Bible, I'll tell you what, it may be very difficult for that person to know the will of God. And, and some very difficult things can come along in that person's experience until they get the word of God open. The entrance of your word gives me light. And uh, we read it every day. We encourage one another with the Word of God. That's a growing Christian. You see, that's where we are, we who are here this morning. We want to grow spiritually. If you look at just one... I, I talked to someone not too long ago, quite a while ago, actually. It, it's been over two years. And, and this individual said, I, I can't read that well. I said, would you do this? Would you just take one verse of Scripture? Just one verse. Don't read paragraphs. Don't try to get through a whole book. And the individual said, I'll do it. And when he started doing one verse a day, just one verse, he said, you know, wow. He said, I can't believe things I've learned already just by looking at one verse. The entrance, Lord, of your words, give us light. Thank you, Lord, that you are the light of the world. Let's pray together.